Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to everyone and anyone who supports anything that we've got going on. Special shout out to all the students from By the Hood University, as well as the youth from the By the Hood Ownership Camp. Uh, my partner in Crown Corps is not with me today, but you know, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing positive work, putting out great energy into our communities. And this brother that we have with us is a very, very special guest. I'm excited about this conversation. Um, I recently went to uh, one of his events and it was just powerful. Like, you know, it was um very, just, that's the only word I could use to describe it was powerful. And I look forward to attending many more events and getting involved and uh, trying to help these guys in their mission. Um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my brother. I got Douglas Reed from Black Man Hill on Doug. How are you, good brother? I'm doing great, bro. What's going on, Jimmy? Oh, man, I can't complain, man. I'm excited about having this conversation, man. Um, you know, it's, it's always great to, uh, you know, talk with you, good brother. And, um, you know, talk about your story, because one of the things is I want people to understand um, the work you do, but also where you come from. So let's just get right into it. So where were you born and raised? Uh, born in uh, out of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, okay. Even on my social media stream, you'll see uh, me say, just a kid from Cincy. So out of Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, you know, I'm a little younger than you, but I'm close to, uh, <laughs> close to 60, man. I'm 59 years old. So I, I'm just glad. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know you were 59, man. You look amazing for your age. Yeah, well, thank you, man. Um, listen, let me ask you this question, though. What, so um, what kind of student were you coming up uh, in Cincy? I, I must say this. I was an average student through elementary, uh, middle school, high school, uh, had aspirations of being a basketball star. I, I actually played, um, my, you know, freshman year, had a lot of glory. Actually, one of the guys that I played with, LaSalle Thompson, ended up playing 15 years in NBA. Uh, but my senior year, I uh, wasn't focused. Uh, had a young lady pregnant and uh you know, she had a baby on the way and, you know, all that stress and everything that, that kind of complicates that being a 17 year old. Man. So what were your plans at the time? Like when you, you got you got a baby on the way, um, you know, basketball is not working the way you thought it would. So did you have any other plans or what, did you, what were your thoughts back then? Uh, total confusion. <laughs> if I can be <laughs> honest, Jimmy, uh, total confusion. Didn't know what my plans were, um, how to actually, you know, to go about that and, and handle that kind of responsibility. Uh, but I did go to college. I went to, to college for two years. Um, and I'll be honest, once again, I mean, this is, you know, you get by the hood. So going to college was like, you know, I wasn't getting paid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted money and, you know, going to class and, you know, I, I was a broke student. <laughs> um, so I made a decision to actually uh, join the military. Okay. Okay. What branch of the military did you serve? Uh, United States Army uh, actually spent eight years active and 14 reserve, um, you know, went to my basic training in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and then uh, my advanced training in uh, rest on Arsenal. And now I got to go back. So my first duty station, you know, I'm from Cincinnati. I thought I would go somewhere in Kentucky. Uh, my first duty station was Frankfurt, Germany. Mm. Uh, you know, so now you tell a 17 year old kid, he's going to 
you know, 18 year old kid, he going to Frankfurt, Germany. Like, where, where, where is Frankfurt? You know what I mean? Like, where yeah, is yeah. that? On the, you know, on the atlas. So where is that on the map? So that was my first duty station. And I know this is a loaded question, but I just want to get your perspective. How did going to the army kind of like, you know, uh, shape or change your life? Whoo, I needed that, bro. Like, uh, I was I was a good student, but yet uh, had a lot of stuff. Be honest, that I was dealing with um, wasn't too disciplined. Um, so when I went into the army, it was all about the the, the discipline. Okay, uh, all about uh, being consistent, the discipline, having a regiment, uh, being focused. So that actually that actually changed my life in a lot of different ways. Okay, man, sounds like uh, is it, what you needed at the time, right? Yes, sir. Definitely <laughs> at the time. Uh, and of course, you know, a lot of people, maybe that's where my motivation comes from, you know, okay. always hype, you know, what the army calls the spirit, the core. So uh, taking that to another, you know, to, to another limit, I guess. So you were career military for the most part. Um, let me ask you this question. How did you make that transition um, from, you know, military to some of the work that you're doing today? Like, how did you get involved with Black Man Hill? Um, and, and before you even talk about how you got involved with Black Man Hill, why uh, is it important for you to be involved with an organization such as Black Man Hill? Like, you know, were you always um, thinking about mental health as it pertains to our brothers or where'd that come from? Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it uh, pertaining to our brothers. Like, I, you know, you hear about mental, uh, mental health, you hear about therapy. And of course, honestly, with the uh, death of George Floyd. I think that's when us, as far as our community, really started to understand it or see the trauma and the vulnerability. And we wanted to speak out. Of course, we witnessed something, you know, live, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and to hear George Floyd call out his mother, like we all can relate to that. Um, and actually, I, I got involved with Black Man Hill through a, a friend of by the hood, which was uh, Tank. Okay. Know? Uh, me and Tank went to church together. He called me. He's like, yo, Doug, you know, go over to Black Man Hill. He'll talk to Tazman Suleiman, who's the founder. Uh, tell him about being on executive board and, you know, things that you can do. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, good opportunity. I've done some, you know, work. I love being a servant. Uh, so I met up with Taz and, um, you know, told her what Tank said. And then she said, um, mm -mm, bro, uh, we don't have no executive boards. We don't, you know, we don't have none of that. You know, what we do is... Uh, you know, we get free therapy and a lot of people, you know, Black Man Hill started with, with no money. So uh, she said, we do a labor of love. And I was like, OK, you know, then I, I thought about it, you know, uh, you know, with this mental health, about therapy and, of course, some things that I was struggling with. I said, well, I need therapy, you know. So I went through that transition with therapy and I was like, yo, whatever I can do to be an advocate for this, mm -hmm. uh, be vulnerable and, you know, be transparent. Uh, as far as healing, you know, being in the military, one thing that happened to me, I've been diagnosed with PTSD and depression. I witnessed a bombing uh, in, in Frankfurt, uh, lost a soldier in the Iraqi war. So, you know, that helped me through that process. So, you know, as I thought about it, I was like, yo, if I can get our people to really understand the importance of this, to understand the importance of healing, you know, I, I'm all in, you know what I mean? So that, that yeah. was really the, the transition of it. Well, shout out to our brother Tank. And I do have to ask you this question because, um, you know, growing up in the inner city, I know how uh, mental health and therapy has traditionally been spoken of or, or, or treated. Like what kind of struggle is it, um, 
you know, trying to get our brothers to embrace, uh, you know, dealing with their mental health? Well, you know what? And, and, and now I think about it. It was this show or, or podcast. I don't know who it was. But, you know, one of the things about, you know, making that first step, like it takes courage. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one of y'all said it. And I still say I, I still say it today. And people think I'm this great person, but I got it off of y'all. Mm-hmm. So in one of your podcasts, somebody said, stop fearing your fear. And I was like, wow. Yeah. So, so now that makes me, the approach is things that I fear, you know, you know, stop holding on to it, you know, face it head on. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, it, it takes a lot of courage to say, I need therapy. Like, yeah. You know, from what, like, you know, from where we from, like, you need therapy? Like, yo, bro, you crazy? Yeah, and it's amazing how how fearful they are. And I don't know who said that, but I'm going to take credit for it because nobody else is here. So I'm going to take course, credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, but, but you know, it's interesting because, like, you see some guys that are, like, you know, tough guys, don't cold killers. But you talk about therapy and they're like, whoa, they don't even, you know what I mean? So so I always, like, you know, wonder the work that you guys do is, is, is very honorable work. Um, and being in the room, so you invited me to one of the events you have is King's Corner. You guys are like, you know, on tour, going over to different cities and having these events um, and see, and just seeing that many positive brothers, like, you know, sharing energy, talking about their experiences. It was life changing for me, right? Because, um, you know, it was nothing but black men. Like, and I think that having our own spaces is very, very, very important. So what has this tour been like for you, um, you know, going to the various cities? How's this been for you? Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, what it is, you know, I'll go back to our King's Corners, a, a virtual free space we do on Sunday every, uh, we do on, on Zoom actually, every Sunday at 7 p.m. So we've been doing this two and a half years. You know, that was the, as a result of having so many people apply for, you know, free therapy. So we came up, we changed plans, we came up with the alternate. So we've been rocking this thing for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So us being able to bring 40 dudes into a space on a Sunday, is amazing. Yeah. Now we hit the cities that guys supported us, the Baltimore, Atlanta, Chicago, Philly, of course. And then we just came out of New York. So now going into this space and being able to see them brothers in person, I mean, we're coming out of COVID, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean? so coming out of COVID, going to, you've been in a session, we talk about the head nods, we talk about the handshake, mm-hmm. and we talk about the love. So being able to embrace another brother, Oh man, just life changing. And, and it gave me the confirmation as far as myself and my other team member or co-facilitator, Reggie Howard, it gave us the confirmation like, yo, we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we were actually on to something because we found out, you know, it, it could be a bad relationship with, you know, us as men having with our fathers or no relationship or our mothers or our families and brothers having the opportunity to, to you know, it's called black men need hugs. And them having the opportunity to hug another brother, to embrace, to network. And then, like you said, us being all in one room to just to to shed light on others, man. Like it's it's been totally uh, just one of, honestly, one of the best things I ever did in my life. No, listen, it it was amazing, man. And and shout out to the brother Reggie. I'm going to reach out to him and try to get him to tell his story as well. But because, you know unity is a thing that we talk about often but to actually see it and we're networking and talking about how we can be of service to each other um and just you know telling our stories and to see so many generations you know we had teenagers there up until you know you know my elders like it was just amazing to see that many generations having different perspectives 
you know, based on how they were raised, where they were raised, even that was interesting to see, you know, mm -hmm. some of the dialogue, like, well, where I'm from, this means this, or where I'm from, you know, and that, and that was interesting too. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, I can only imagine what you're seeing city to city as powerful. Now, in terms of that Sunday King's Corner on Zoom, um, in case somebody who's listening or watching uh, wants to participate, uh, how, do they, how do they participate in King's Corner? There's a brother out there who says, look, I just want to, you know, uh, participate in this King's Corner that you have every Sunday. What, what's the procedure yeah. for well, you know, one thing they can do all across all our social media streams is Black Men Heal. Mm -hmm. uh, our biggest following is on, on Instagram, but go on our link tree, go on the website. Uh, it says virtual uh, King's Corner virtual space. Click on it, sign up, uh, and then you'll, you'll be able to get on. Uh, you can get on that space. And what happens, there's, there's no commitment. You know, you don't have to turn on your camera. You don't have to talk. Uh, but a lot of guys do because they, you know, they, it, what we find out in this is brothers want to be heard just mm -hmm. like, you know, what you guys are doing, y'all speaking it, uh, but brothers want to be heard. They want to be recognized and acknowledged. And we do just that. So, you know, click on the bio, uh, put your name and stuff in there, register, and you'll get a reminder. Once you register, you'll get a reminder every, every week, what we're doing. Uh, and then we just look forward to seeing, seeing you guys. Yeah, man, listen, this it's, it's amazing work that you're doing, man. And I definitely wanted to have you on to talk about that, to see how you got to this point. Mm -hmm. um, and I see how the military kind of changed your life, gave you the discipline you needed. And now, you know, you're reaching back out and helping other brothers. Let me ask you this question. Um, for you personally, and also for, you know, your organization, what are some of the things that you're looking to do or impact moving forward in the future? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit too, because I, I, want, I want your audience to get a, a full understanding of this. And I, I know you guys talk about it a lot. So mm -hmm. even after my career in, in the military and I joined the reserves, so, you know, kind of doing, you know, the, the reserves in my regular job. So my regular job, I worked in the federal prison. I retired out of the federal prison. So I, I actually came into working in the prison system in the early nineties. So you got to think that was right mm -hmm. at, you know, when we talked about crack. the 19, crack epidemic, 1986 anti-drug act. So that was at the height. So only thing that I saw come into this system, which is supposed to be a paramilitary system, and only thing I'm thinking about is a career, coming out of the military, trying to make a career. Of course, the prisons are hiring because they're locking all of us up. Mm -hmm. So I had the opportunity to actually speak to, and I saw in the federal system, uh, some you know people, well-known people come across, uh, come into that system. Mm -hmm. One person in particular that kind of uh, guided me and, and I would say even training. If you're familiar with the wire, remember the wire back in the day, but now I say back in the day, but it wasn't long ago. Mm -hmm. That story from the wire was based on a guy named Melvin Williams. Yeah, I'm familiar with him. Melvin Williams did fed time. Melvin Williams was one of the first cases that they that the feds discovered with the uh, with the wires that they could tap and all that. Mm -hmm. That guy showed me a lot down at FCI Ferris, and I'll never forget it. And the biggest thing that he showed me, had, we're not talking about some hands-on training, was respect for another man. And I was able to actually do a whole tenure of a career. And a lot of my what I've learned was just respecting another man. Mm -hmm. Disrespect is a whole nother story and you deal with that accordingly, but the respect was big. So for me to actually be involved, actually see that mm -hmm. and be involved in that and to actually come out here now 
You know, I, I even did a, a stint doing prison uh, simulations traveling the country with a young lady named Sue Allen Allen, white lady, 70 years old. We used to be called the odd couple because if you asked us who you think would went to prison, what they're going to say? Of course, me. Yeah. It was her that actually had did seven years in Arizona State Prison. Mm. So I traveled the country, we went to Columbia University. We did things up in uh, 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 Scranton, I think it was. Uh, our last stop before we stopped this tour was in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, right after the tornado mm -hmm. in front of ten Tennessee legislators, legislators, bro. Yeah. Politicians, like we did this thing. That was at the beginning of COVID. Like I'm getting on a plane, coming back home, like this COVID thing, like I don't even know if I got it now. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, you know that that fear. So all of that, man, and this is part of my why. You know, what, gotcha. I've, what I've learned in this, this field as being a mental health advocate and my voice being heard is I got lived experiences. The military. Let me, let me ask you this question. You talked about the military and how that shaped you with the discipline and all that. And you talked about the one thing being respect. What else did you take from, you know, your time in the corrections, right? Because I think a lot of times um, it's based on stereotypes and things you see in pop culture. But, you know, as someone who does work behind the wall, like I've, I've spent time in, in the youth study trying to, you know, work with those brothers. Some of those brothers are brilliant. They got they got into some some situations, but some of them are brilliant. And I tell people that and they're like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Listen, these are some of the smartest brothers I've ever met." Um, what are some of the other things that you've taken outside of the respect for for a fellow man? Is there anything else that you've taken for or has added to who you've become based upon your time um, working in the prison system? Empathy, empathy mm -hmm. is a big one because a big one, yeah. I, you you got to think, you know, and people still say it now. Actually, my wife says it. I was very rigid. Right. And, and I say Richard because, you know, one, be honest, coming out of Cincinnati, coming out of the hood. Right. So I, I get guards up going mm -hmm. into the military. They putting a, a strap on my back where it's about toughness, mm -hmm. you know, about confidence. Now I'm transitioning to a prison. Now, I mean, I'm dealing with, you know, inmates. So the, the, the stereotype is that, you know, like you said, like right off the bat, I don't care what they did, crack law, whatever. So. They, they fix your mind to think that these are killers. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, things can happen. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But when you start to have conversations, and I process, I, I've actually, I had a job where I was processing guys in and out. So I was a guy that strip searched you down to violate everything that you, everything, strip search, turn around, X, Y, Z, you can mm -hmm. go. But I was also the guy that when it was time for you to leave, I would ask you, now this comes with experience. What are you going to do when you get out? A lot of guys would say, yo, CO, I'm good. Family been, you know, especially the, the average time, conspiracy, <laughs> during those times, it's 10 to 12 years. Like, trust me, I know it. So the, the average time was, ten. let's say 10 years. Guys say, yo, my family, we've been rocking with me for 10 years. They've been visiting me. Yo, they even got a, you know, they got a, uh, the, the transition to the halfway house. They rented a limo, like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. But then it was, it was those guys, bro, that would say, yo, CO, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. He said, look, man, and I remember these conversations vividly. Like, look, these clothes that I gave, that I have on my back, you gave them to me. These shoes, you gave them to me. 
I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Only thing I want to know. And a lot of guys, even then, you know, I know I, I'm sorry. We kind of went this way. Not sorry, but I didn't know who, you got me going, Jimmy. Oh, no, no. This, this is a great conversation, man. So, so what, what happens is guys would actually, you know, they talk about maxing out their time. So they don't want to have no, no, no parole time or have to see somebody. So they max out their time. So that means when they go, they're going straight to the streets. How does that look? Mm. How's that mindset? And one of the things, and even Black Men Heal, we, we're doing something with Reform Alliance. And, you know, I'm providing some input because we want to be able to, when somebody's being released out of the system, to be able to offer some free therapy to them. You know, because, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a transition, man. Like them guys are, you know, they're programmed. I was programmed. You yeah. know, we, you getting counted three, four times uh, times a, uh, a day. You've been, you know, when to move, where to move, when to eat. So that's a transition. Yeah. So then they'll come back into their families. And I was just up in New York with the Mental Wealth Expo with with uh, Charlemagne's thing, uh, right? Yeah, Charlemagne the God and my man uh, Shaka Shakur and Wallow spoke on it. Mm-hmm. You know, told families like, look, y'all got to understand these guys making this transition out of prison, man, because it ain't easy. So I just want to speak on that, man, and hopefully somebody gets something out of it. But the biggest part of that, man, I learned was empathy. Yeah. So you so you have this, this, you know, so you had your, your time in the military, you know, um, your time here, um, you know, you're doing the work with Black Man Hill. What are some of the things you're looking to do, like, you know, in the future? Like, what are some of the things that you're looking to, people you're looking to impact or some of the things you're looking to do as an organization or even you personally? What are some of the things you're looking to, you know, do? Well, hey, I I, I, I got to give you a big shout out to all the uh, people of By the Hood, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you don't even know this because we never had this discussion. One of the things I've always been kind of like a money guy, just didn't understand how to manage it. Okay. So I watched a lot of your episodes. Uh, and one of the things I was able to do was go back to the hood and buy me a piece of land. Mm, amazing, man. Congratulations. Come on, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. bought a piece of land right where there is major gentrification going on. Okay. So eventually they got to come see me. You know, I take care of the land, you know, just a small little, a small lot that I can, you know, the I had a guy cut the grass, you know, all the time. That's all I pay. But they got to come see me. They got to come see so, you. So that's the, the one thing. And uh, I was just out in um, Richard Island Prep- Preparation School. Another thing, same thing you may not realize, I ran a nonprofit organization um, dealing with youth out of Camden uh, with some uh, police officers uh, out okay. of Camden. This is 20 something years ago. And, you know, we took kids up to Fort Dix. They spoke, I was able to get inmates out, speak to them. So I want to get back to our youth. You know, uh, somebody, one of uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Alfie, if you're not familiar with it, definitely have your people look her up. But, you know, she brought me, she does, is the one that brought me along with this, uh, working with Charlemagne and doing some some work with him. And she really planted a seed in me, bro. She, she said, uh, my voice needed to be heard. So yeah. I, I want to utilize my voice. I want to be like by the hood. I mean, if you can see my little thing, that's- Let's go. I got a new podcast coming out. Uh, let's go. Uh, the let's go show. So I'm, I'm looking to release that uh, maybe like right before Thanksgiving. So those are things I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, the speaking engagements. I'm just, I'm just out here, man. Like I said, oh, I'm man. only a couple, couple years younger than you, man. So I'm just listen, and you doing, and you doing great work too, man. And I, and I'm so excited for you, and I'm excited for your podcast. Can't wait to listen to it, um, because you know your voice is needed, and, and those experiences that you have is value there, right? It's, it's absolute value there. Um, do you have a favorite book or a book that's inspired you along your journey? And it's, you know what? It's funny. Oh my God. And I forgot the name of the book. Uh, oh my God. And it's about the, um, it's about the crack loan. It's, what, what, my, I don't want to get it. You're talking about, um, um, what's the Michelle Alexander's book? What was the, Boom. Uh, there it is. What's yeah. the name of the book, Jim? The, the New Jim Crow. There it is. Yeah. There it is. yeah. That, 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 the New Jim Crow, I, well, you know, going back. I wasn't I wasn't really a good student. So when mm -hmm. they came out with audiobooks, that like saved my life. Mm -hmm. you know, but I listened to that. But going back into empathy, because now that gave me a whole different perspective and understanding the process. You know, the process, you know, when you talk about things that happened during the Jim Crow laws, when you talk about why inmates to this day are paying are being paid cents on the dollar, mm -hmm. reason why, because of those re reconstruction years where corporations, they set us up. They, you know, we, we're doing well, we're going out there doing our thing. There's hatred, there's racism, and they're setting us up to be arrested. They're giving us these big fines and we can't pay these fines, but yet major corporations are saying, okay, send them to us, we'll pay them, but we're only going to pay them for cheap labor. Come yeah. on. Yeah, that's, why, that's why I'm I'm, think, I'm glad you brought up what you said um, in terms of empathy, right? Because, um, no one is born, right? For the most part, I would say no one is born, you know, a killer or mm -hmm. a robber, whatever it may be. And sometimes when you talk to these folks and you hear their story, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I say, wow. I, I, sometimes, you know, it's like, how'd you get here? And then sometimes it's like, I see how you got here. When someone tells you about their background and the things that they had to over, like they may not have overcome the things they had to go through. Um, and that's why empathy is important because you never know someone else's story. Um, yeah, so empathy is 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 really really crucial. In terms of your journey from where you started as a kid in Cincinnati to where you are today, um, literally impacting the world, I'll say, what has been the biggest hurdle or something that you had to overcome personally to get you to become the man you are today? I, I really had to, uh, you know, for, well, first from a spiritual standpoint, you know, just my trust in God. Um, and of course, in his journey has not always been sweet. I've made some, some mistakes in my life. So I had to learn how to forgive myself for the mistakes I made. Mm. And then going back to the, the fear part, like, you know, not fearing anything, man. And, and you know, like even from the spiritual standpoint, I, I say I'm a living sacrifice, bro. Like this, this, what you see is what you get, man. This like, this is me, you yeah. know, um, and I just want to get back, man, because especially now, you know, mental health is big right now. Our voices are being heard with you guys by the hood at doing educating our, our young folks, older folks like this. We we are history, bro. You know, what I mean, we 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 are the current history. So and that's powerful. Uh, we are. You know, history. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? I, I'm just I'm just trying to write a book, man. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not literally, but walk this thing out. Who knows? Maybe I'm speaking of existence. Maybe there is a book. But I just want to be a part of history. I want to be uh, like, you know, that's why I say just a kid from Cincinnati, because any kid out there, even an adult, man, that's been struggling with their, their past, their, their youth, you know, let, let me be, the, 
let me be that voice, man. Let me hear my story, man, and just understand that you can do it. You know what I mean? Uh, stop fearing anything. Uh, don't be worried about anybody. Don't quit. Have confidence in yourself. And more importantly, love yourself, man. Man, that's powerful, man. I, I don't know what else to add to that. We're, we are history. Uh, that, that just inspired me right there, good brother. And every time I talk to you, man, I just leave like, you know, ready to go uh, do something positive. Like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, I'm hey, like, I get to work. It's the let's go. That's yeah, why I, said, man, I feel like go, I, I got I to gotta go get to work now, man. Like, Doug told me, you know, <laughs> told me I'm making history. I got to go do some work, man. I got to. Y'all doing it. Y'all doing it. Listen, man, I, I just want to say again, you know, on the record, man, I appreciate the work that you're doing, man. I want everybody to go check out Black Men Hill. And for the brothers out there, man, just take it. You said that you said it's. No obligation to speak. I'm gonna shit, you know, just pull up the King's Corner to see what it's about. Um, you know, to, to get familiar with that. Cause again, um being at one of the live events, man, it was life-changing, man. It was really, it really was. I, it was so much positive energy. Again, another another time where I left, I'm like, man, I, I gotta I gotta go do some work. Hey, hey, and let me say this too, because and and this was kind of strategic in a way, uh, because it's on Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's football Sunday. Like yeah. It's after the one o'clock game. Yeah. I mean, you know, the four o'clock, like right before. Yeah. Then it's before the 830 game. It's seven to, seven to 830. So we're going to get you out in time. I mean, you yeah. know what I mean? So if you're a sports fanatic, we're going to get you out in time. Like you can come in there at seven to 830. You know, you, you got time to still watch the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So um, definitely, uh, you know, going to build with you guys over at Black Man Hill, man, and make sure I, I'm an advocate for you guys now. I point so many people towards your direction. Yeah. Um, and, and, and before you get out of here, let me ask you this question, because there are some free resources that you give folks at Black Man Hill. Can you tell our audience about what, what are some of the free resources that you offer? I know it's a couple sessions or what, you know, what is that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, of course, just sign it up, go to our website, go on our link tree. We give uh, eight free, free sessions, therapy sessions. We're actually in eight different states now. Uh, one thing is, uh, you know, we talk about the, the virtual free space. Uh, not only do we have it for uh, men 18 years and up, now we have it for our queens. We took a beating, man. They was like, yo, ladies was like, yo, I hear what y'all doing. But so we do uh, Heal With Him. Same thing, go to our website, uh, Heal With Him. I think it's held every uh, every two weeks. Okay. One thing, though, man, and, and you know, I'm going to put it out there, man, because it's it's got to happen. And, you know, we're working with the city of Philadelphia on it. Mm -hmm. It's called gun violence group therapy. Mm. So those individuals, man, families, youth that's affected by gun violence. Here's an opportunity to sign up for it. We got a program dealing with that. Same thing. It's in our, in our bio. And the reason I say that, man, because some of my trauma came from gun violence. Mm -hmm. Father was killed when I was four years old, right? Shot in the head. Him and his buddy had an argument who was the oldest. Only memory I have is I, I got two things. I got one memory that I have is being at that funeral and that oak tree, that big oak tree. I remember that. Mm -hmm. The other thing I remember is carrying all that trauma on my back mm. of anger, fatherlessness for 50 something years. Mm. feel me yeah that's why i'm telling these brothers man you know one of the things i learned like your feelings are valid you know we you may not you know based on other people they get you know you know opinions or whatever 
no matter how it sounds. Sometimes it's inaccurate. We, it may not be there, but your feelings are valid, man. That's why you have them. Your emotions are valid. So that's instrumental, man. So those are the programs we have. Free therapy, King's Corner, Heal With Him, Gun Violence, Group Therapy. And of course, our King's Corner tour, man. Hopefully, you know, we come into a city near you. Yeah, yeah. And if someone is looking to, you know, kind of support you guys, whether it's, you know, fiscally or, other, or otherwise, how do they go about, um, you know, helping to support your guys' work? Well, they actually, like I said, go on our, our website, our social media streams, mm -hmm. uh, and definitely hit donate. We got a big gala that's coming in. I hope to see you all there. As a matter of fact, I'm putting it out there. I don't want to see one. I want to see the whole by the hood. You're the bringing whole, the whole team. The, the whole, whole team. So uh, a gala November 11th, uh, that's going to be at the uh, Adventures Aquarium in Camden, New Jersey. We had it last year. It was sold out. So if you're okay. going to get it, get your tickets early. Uh, are tickets on sale already or have they went on sale? on sale already, bro. Tickets are okay. on sale already. Um, and, you know, th those are the, the means, man. All, all social media streams, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're everywhere. Okay. Listen, brother, um, I just want to say again on the record, man, I, I appreciate and love the work that you're doing. Um, you need it. Your voice is needed. And anything that we can do to support you, brother, you know, we are there 100 percent. But I just want to say thank you. You know, you listen, you've inspired me. So I, I just got to say thank you, good brother. Yeah, they, thank you, man. And of course, you know, one thing, too, uh, in reference to, to follow me, uh, follow the new Instagram page I just made up and it's called uh, D. Reed. They call me D. Reed. I'm Douglas Reed, but A.K. D. Reed. Okay. Uh, it's D Reed. Uh, let's go show. I mean, okay. Right there. And I'll, I'll, sh I'll share that within the show notes in the description of this episode. Yes, I'll sir. Put, uh, all your information for Black Man Hill as well as your personal. So folks can check out your work and see everything that you got going on and also support your new show when you drop the show. I, I'm looking forward to that as well. So everybody, listen, go check out uh, Doug. Support Black Man Hill. This is important. Um, we talk about doing positive work uh, in, in our neighborhoods. And this is something that is definitely needed. You know, um, we talk about finance, but this is the other part, right? Health is wealth. And, you know, we got to make sure that we're, you know, supporting each other and showing love to each other, man. That's the first, that's the, the main thing is show love, man. You know, I believe that black love is black wealth, right? So, you know, with that being said, man, everybody out there, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We'll see you guys in our next episode. Peace. Yeah.